Hello and welcome to the Toucan Echo podcast. I'm Harry and I've got James with me. James, how are you doing? I'm good, thank you, Harry. How are you? I'm all right. I'm all right. Just um, getting, getting well and truly stuck into isolation now. Yep. <laughs> What's this, like two weeks in-ish? What day are we? 31st of March and I can't remember. I, I, it's <laughs> <laughs> it seems like so long ago. <laughs> That's um, a pretty good, it uh, captures the moment that we're in currently mm. <laughs> it's 31st yeah. of march and i can't remember <laughs> yeah yeah that is that's about right really so um wh- what have you been doing to pass the time in isolation james um i mean apart from working at home in normal job i've been going running he says having done two runs in two weeks <laughs> that counts um, i have been playing on my 12 string guitar which i don't have in london but i do have out here in the countryside at my parents house so mm. made a neil young-esque chord sequence the other day that i enjoyed mm-hmm. apart from that watching harry potter films listening to music and generally going to bed very late <laughs> sounds awesome what about so you're, you you're, you're, you're on holiday basically <laughs> yeah. <laughs> a weird working holiday. It's like yeah. a holiday but where I've not quite left the office in the office and I'm still still connected in and I'm <laughs> not like on the beach. So it's a very weird holiday. Maybe it's not really like a holiday at all. Mm. Someone said it's like the days in between Christmas and New Year. But they don't yeah, it end. It kind of is actually. That, that's, that's actually a really great analogy. It is because... Sometimes, sometimes you work you work from like your your parents' house or at least I, I I normally do, and it's kind of like not not real work. Everyone's a bit more sort of weirdly relaxed. <laughs> yeah, I I I, I get it. I get it. <laughs> um, nice, but nice. Despite the isolation, Toucan Echo is still up, running, and churning out new music, <coughs> which is what we're going to talk about today. Mm. Some of the um more astute among you may have noticed <laughs> we released a song um uh when did we release it? a couple of days ago mm-hmm. it's called square one it's our first release first release of the year actually isn't it mm-hmm. since first release in 2020 yeah since like september it's been quite a long time mm. Mm. so we released it along with another song plan b um and what we're going to do today is talk a bit about the song how we recorded it the kind of meaning behind the song, I guess, and the sort of production, and generally, just chat about Square One, our new release. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And we <laughs> will include the song at the end of this podcast for you lucky listeners. Mm. Um, mm. Not that that's exclusive in any way, because it's already out on Spotify. Um, it's just convenience, really, that we're doing <laughs> that for. Um, not any sort of don't feel special because of that. <laughs> <laughs> um cool. so where should we start james um we can start if it's interesting at the origins of the song the the fiery birth um was a riff i came up with when we were jamming pure kind of mid jam um in one of our songs called breathing space which is in an open g tuning um which is a tuning that's pioneered by blues musicians um but notably then adopted by Keith Richards of the Rolling Stones um who plays a lot of famous Rolling Stones riffs on there um, I was going to say brown sugar it was actually written by 
Mick Jagger, but Tumbling Dice and other famous, uh, um, Start Me Up, other famous Rolling Stones are all in open G, very like jangly. So um, I came up with this cool riff that reminded me of Shrek 2 because there's a song, I think it's Shrek 2, there's a song that goes like, for some reason, this riff reminds oh, me a bit of that song in Shrek. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> but then it sat around right. for ages after that. I didn't realize it was um, born from a jam. I, I thought yeah. it was a, a, a premeditated riff. I didn't realize it would come out of um, no, no, it was memorization. A, it was in the moment. I think it was the first time I was playing through my T Rock amp, mm-hmm. which uh, in the room sounds absolutely glorious. So it's it's sort of its own riff factory. Um, wow. It's come. It's born from the the sweet majestic heavens of two rock tone <laughs> um that's amazing yep i'm imagining <laughs> if it was a painting it would have like cherubs flying around with sort of golden wings mm. those are the t- kind of t- images rock, that hopefully t- rock in the center surrounded <laughs> by golden clouds <laughs> <laughs> golden tubes or connected point to point wiring between mm, all the clouds yeah and, and and the chairs have just got your face on <laughs> on them <laughs> smiling i'd be the, the people like looking you. up in the sort of robes <laughs> anyway um so the riff was born out <laughs> of the fiery heavens then uh it's really uh, it's really difficult to describe methodically exactly where it comes from because it's pulled together over piecemeal over time um so there wasn't really a point where we sat down and wrote an entire song called square one there's there's bits of the tune that were taken from other jams or other old songs that were in open g that morphed together with it um but the final product uh is the riff a couple of verses um it's quite short sharp together um but i think uh before we get into the kind of meaning of it i think it's quite interesting how we then uh, recorded it and brought it to life because I think we can then circle back to um, how it all came together. But yeah, essentially it came from most of it came from jamming um, these kind of big jangly open G jams. Mm. Um, but yeah. we recorded it differently to our previous Toucan Echo singles. So we've done for for Toucan Echo novices. I'll do a, a very brief intro that we've done an EP, an album and a couple of singles. We've tried different, you know, different releases. Um, and we did a couple of singles towards the end of 2019 um, already. So we we sort of trying uh, doing one song more regularly rather than because the album was so hard to finish. <laughs> we're like, how about yeah. we record some one-off songs? Um, and this is one of the next chapters in that, but we're probably going to use this unexpected isolation to make a longer record, make an album again. Mm. Um, but this is another line in the illustrious lineage of Toucan Echo singles. Um, but yeah, so the other ones we'd done in Harry's flat on um, electric MIDI drums. Um, yeah. So these are ones that you plug into the laptop. Um, they don't make any sound in the room that you pick up with microphones. It all goes in, funnels in computer information um, yeah. and gives us they're, lots they're of... Pure, pure convenience uh, <laughs> are, are those electric drums. Um, you just plug them into a laptop you hit the drums and it records and it's super easy um <laughs> but the we've been using them we take is convenience <laughs> <laughs> we we we've been using them pretty pretty much all of the time for the last oh, it's, it's been it's been for ages the last five five or six years so 
for these songs, we've decided to, to take a stand and uh, try and mic up some acoustic drums and see basically see how it turns out. Um, one of the things that we've kind of realised um, jamming in, in, in practice rooms is, um, and, it, and it sounds really obvious now I'm saying it, is that you actually lose a hell of a lot of like, kind of tone and expression um, when you record through electric drums. Mm. So what what we want to do is we want to try and capture the the kind of tone that you can get out of an acoustic drum again. Mm. Um, so we hit the studio. We booked out a... I mean, I, I say we hit the studio. We, we, we still didn't go to a proper studio. <laughs> We um we, we we booked out a practice room. Uh, we brought our own portable studio, all the mics. Spent a day, um, set up the microphones. Um, I I can't remember what kind of fat format formation of microphones we used. We <laughs> used M- maybe James, you can shed yeah, some light. Yeah, of course. We use the uh, we use the Glyn Johns method for miking the drums. So it's an old uh, miking technique which they used to use in the sixties. Guy called Glyn Johns invented it. Shock horror. Um, who yeah, recorded really. people like the Who and um, Beatles and other like famous rock bands? Um, but it was back in the days when we had limited tracks, so it uses relatively limited microphones, but gets a kind of nice balance of a roomy sound, but it picks up all the drums clearly. Um, so it was essentially putting four microphones up on the drums. Um, there are there are methods four, that yeah. use three, but but we use four, um, and uh, that's the one we've used before on when we mic'd drums when we were like <laughs> when we were and then we mic'd them at uni I think is when we last used it so yeah. Yeah. it's a it's a tried and tested method at least for us um, but many studios these days put you know 12 13 15 mics on drums with various room mics and options um, so mm. we're s- even even though we're going back to microphones and we've got ourselves enough inputs from one microphone now we're keeping it minimalist um, <laughs> Minimalist and, first of all, convenient. <laughs> <laughs> um, Another see, I mean, convenience. <laughs> I've got to say that um, it was actually really, really enjoyable actually going into record acoustic drums as opposed to electric drums. Mm. I found that it actually um, brought quite a bit more sort of focus to the recording session. You know, when yeah. we're, when we just sort of messing around in like my living room with the drums it's sort of a kind of half-assed kind of attempt at recording yeah. <laughs> um, it's an interesting so i actually i i enjoyed the focus that um actually going to a room and booking out some and recording the drums acoustically brought i thought that was quite mm. good yeah i didn't think Definitely of it that benefit. way i remember when we first got the electric drums the things <coughs> like we won't have this problem when we're punching in that the cymbals like chop into each other so if you want to just like correct one tiny bit of the take, it's really difficult because hard to get continuity between the main drum take and you starting up again and trying to do a small bit of it. Mm. And, we, um, and when we got electric drums, it was like magic. It's, we go full mm. circle on so many of these things. Funny to think that yeah. this whole band started out as a, a studio project and, you know, we made a whole um, album of creating sounds on a computer essentially or the computer being like a big part of the sound and going in and manipulating guitar tones and drum tones and you know some things on walks a circus we've got a song flying or falling that's got one a different drum kit on either side of the like stereo <laughs> headphone you know <laughs> left and right um but once we started practicing again and started trying to 
play these songs as two, we then suddenly found this quite kind of nuanced, expressive playing as a two-piece live, and then suddenly that's what we want to record rather than <laughs> rather than going back to the um, computer-based kind of experimental method, which is you know fun in a different way. Um, but it's mm. just funny that we kind of, on the one hand, that we start off panicking, how are we going to play these live? And then we're back trying to record again, how are we going to capture us playing live <laughs> on the record? It's just funny. <laughs> yeah, I like that a lot. That's that, that's um, that's fun. <laughs> Creativity is a wild goose chase. <laughs> I'm trying to get some quotes out of this podcast, you know, some sound bites that make me sound wise. <laughs> so I've got, our only drug is convenience and... Mm-hmm creativity is a wild goose chase do you think they Amazing. might catch on i mean i i think you've just recorded the sound by there yeah <laughs> do you think i could they think i might play it on radio 4 or something that could be our thought of yes. the day when we're promoted yes. to when the bbc yes. wants to connect to a guest thought of the day it could be like one super snappy no yeah <laughs> No, no, I mean, it's, yeah, sure. Let's um, <laughs> let's let's get in touch <laughs> with Radio Four, um, and let's let, let's get you on there, James. Let's. Um, Should we try it? Should we try it? Do you want to yeah, be the Radio it. Four presenter, and then I'll try and come up with one. H- how do they normally kick it off? Is it like, oh, hello, and um, welcome to Radio Four. I'm here with um, James Burge, who's the uh, lead singer and guitarist of Tukaneko. Hello, James. Hello. Thank you. <laughs> I can't do this anymore. <laughs> <laughs> the only drug you need is convenience. Oh, yes, that's... Um, <laughs> <laughs> I think this could work. Should we that we should mail good. this podcast in. I think we might get a show. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> square one, live drums. Diverting back swiftly onto the mm. planned schedule. The planned schedule. So, you talked a bit about the recording process. What does the um, what what does the song mean, James? What does it mean? Yeah, well, we what does it I mean? suppose there's a little bit more to say on the recording process. We did the drums live in the room, mm-hmm. and then we layered stuff after. Um, so mm-hmm. on top of the live drums, we then went back to our flat and did. Uh, like bass guitar we actually did vocals on the same day we did drums in a different smaller room um, but we also did a crowd track um, yep. brought back the, the absolute you know vintage Tikan Echo crowd track um, yep. which is multiple James and Harry's um, so do you <laughs> want to talk about um, obviously we will get into the meaning of the song but do you want to talk about why we uh, did a crowd track again and what you you you, you kind of drove the vision behind the production of it so so yeah, I, I guess I don't really know what it was about the song, but I just had the um, this kind of vision. As soon as I heard the riff, I was like, "Hmm, sounds a bit like sounds a bit like something you'd play around a bonfire. You're all just sort of <laughs> sitting yeah. around the bonfire. You're all happy, and you're all kind of singing a song, clapping along, um, and it's just a really sort of warm and kind of comfortable and cozy atmosphere around a campfire mm. and that was the vision i got when i when i, when I first sort of w- w- when we first started playing the song um so i kind of thought what if what if we actually 
make it so it sounds like there's a whole crowd of people sat around the bonfire singing this song. Um, and I mean, there's other other bits of the the kind of campfire idea that I brought in. So so for the artwork, I was kind of thought mm, maybe I can make some artwork that looks a bit like a campfire and make it really abstract and cool. So that that's that's where the artwork idea came from. Um, but <coughs> when it when it comes to the crowd track, it was literally just um, me and James with a microphone um, playing the song in the background and sort of randomly. Singing along, <laughs> <laughs> clapping as along, as if we were crowded around the campfire and half exactly. knew the song. I mean, we mm. did half know the song anyway, but yeah, <laughs> um, yeah, it works yeah. well. They're they're always my favourite takes to do. Actually, they're just um at the end of a kind of recording day or recording session, we just set up. It's super relaxed. There's no need to follow a metronome. <laughs> <laughs> There's none of this. <laughs> the pain of your life. <laughs> yeah, none of this metronome lark. There's um. Well, we didn't follow a metronome on this song. That's the other thing. We forgot oh, to yeah, mention that we only got around to recording it in the last 10 to 15 minutes of the <laughs> day. So we were at the point where we're like, we get one go at this because <laughs> we've yeah, we got were, to pack up. Someone's going to come in the room. We've got to take all these mics down in the space of five minutes. So, <laughs> <laughs> so it is got a ragged feel <laughs> and that is n- nothing but time constraints. <laughs> mm, nothing but time constraints. Um, <laughs> that's a really good point actually it was um, a c- sort of yeah it was it was quite frantic in the last few few minutes of that um, recording session we captured something though we captured mm. something I think Fine. it came out really well um, so yeah we sat around the microphone sang along a bit did some clapping uh, and, and that was the crowd track <laughs> um, cool so that would just be a big part of what you know what they hear mm. um Cool. Um, what is it about to kind of, I suppose, wrap it up? Also, my laptop's running out of charge, so really? I'm gonna try and uh, try and be snappy. <laughs> what do you want? I'm I'm on twenty two percent. Seven. My, my, my charge is already seven. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I, char- I can run and get it if you want. No, no. Let's Happy. let's plow on. <laughs> 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 no time to waste. Okay. Um. So yeah. Um. I suppose, yeah, the last bit is what the actual song means or is about. Um, and to kind of wrap up. Uh, and I always find this quite difficult because it's always an amalgamation of stuff and quite a lot of it's quite... Quite a lot of writing is subconscious. So I almost have to post-interpret some of it because when you're actually writing it, it's very like natural and just in flow. So you don't think about each line as hard as you sort of need to when you <laughs> have to explain it um so i'm almost interpreting it myself but my interpretation of it is that it's about um it's about the fact that you always have to be starting again um i mean square one is the obvious place to start from trying to understand it it's, it's about kind of about setbacks it's kind of about never getting to bank your progress when you're doing anything so it's life is not like a video game where you get to save your progress at level two or level four or and and always go from that point um it feels like you have to to some extent accept that you're always a beginner in some form and even some things you work towards will kind of jump back or it might you might go in the wrong direction it might be not what you expected 
Um, so I think it's a, an element of getting used to that. Okay. It kind of lo- looking at the world as a um, as a sort of beginner, not being. M- maybe it's about not being um, arrogant or um, kind of overstating or over overestimating your own abilities. Maybe. There's a little bit. I think there's a bit of resentment in it. I think the mm. you know <coughs> person doesn't want to be. <laughs> I mean that's why it's like, are we really starting from square one? Yeah. Are we? Is yeah. this really what we have to go through to go forward? Um. And there's references to being a bit kind of naive. So the second verse is, um, picking form over space, color, and line. Um. Something to help with my two D state of mind. So um, space, co- space, form, color, and line are all parts of a uh, graphic design. Um. So it's kind of a play on the fact that that's like a 2D drawing that looks 3D um, and that you're only picking one part of it and ignoring other details. So um, it's a a kind of um, big analogy to say that you might have got caught up in the wrong thing or that you're not, you're naive to the true way things are. And that's kind of part of the the whole song. Like, oh, you know, this, Mm. how life actually goes or how like you get where you want to go is not this um beautifully flowing kind of staircase that um you carry on and you get to this next point you get to this next point and you know some people try to structure their lives like that i'm going to be this by this certain age and i'm going to achieve this particular goal through these steps and um and what you find in practice and it's like what you find in practice with Tukaneko even is we you know, might put effort into building it or making new music um, and some things will work and some things won't and some things will circle around and go back to the beginning again and you thought, oh, I'm going to do things this way forever. You could even apply it to our own recording process. Oh, we don't ever need to record uh, acoustic drums again because we've got electric drums now, but then a few years down the line, you're hankering to go back to what you were doing a few years ago. Um, So, yeah, it's it's... It's about a range of things around that kind of concept. <laughs> yeah. Um, but And maybe I should be a bit more specific in my writing so it's easier to understand. But um, that's how it kind of comes out in the way I, way I write it. Um, it's a like a subconscious feeling that I then have to slightly reinterpret <laughs> because one line can mean multiple things. That I like that. <laughs> Oh yeah, I like that a lot. I think we um, I think we end it there, James. <laughs> cool. So, well, um, I hope everyone likes the track. We've had some good feedback on it so far, um, which is nice. Um, I think it's got a really cool kind of vibey. I wouldn't definitely wouldn't be against recording more things in this whatever this campfire world that we've created for this song. <laughs> <laughs> it's yeah. kind of a bit bluesy, a bit reflective, but you've got the support of the James and Harry crowd who are back. They've left the <laughs> Level Up nightclub <laughs> and <laughs> come to the Square One campfire. Mm. Um, All right. Well, cool. without further ado, here is Square One by Steve <laughs> Echo. Oh, yeah.
Stuck on the merry-go-round 